Doctrine and Devotion is proud to be sponsored by our friends at Media Gradier. Media Gradier is a small nonprofit ministry that makes truly amazing documentaries and multimedia Bible studies. This week, we want to tell you about the Media Gradier Feature Edition Series 3 Pack DVD set. That is three documentaries Through the Eyes of Spurgeon, American Gospel, and Logic on Fire. Stay tuned to hear more details or head on over to themeansofgrace.org. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's up? I'm just trying to, just reading up on some things with Michelle. We're just talking back and forth. What, what, what are you doing? Well, we're yeah, I know where you're going. Well, what, what do you think we're doing? You're going. You're talking about your trip to Italy. Nope. We're, nope. No. Oh, what are you reading? No, up no, on? no. We're, I am convinced that on the Masked Singer, the butterfly is Michelle Williams. I am convinced she's my friend. Yeah, that's your claim to fame. Yes. She's my, she follows yeah. me on Instagram. Oh, yeah, I know your friend. Quote, she, quote. she followed me first. Mm, yes. Hey, yes. Michelle. Mm. I know you're. You're probably listening. Probably not. Uh, and if you are. Listen, you're, you're I just awesome, want you to know, you Williams. are amazing on The Masked Singer. I am convinced that it is you and that you will be making it to the final. If she is on The Masked Singer, she should make it to the final because that girl can sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Donny Osmond didn't on yeah, season one. but he's, you know who won, that, that, well, yeah, but he's like wicked old Donny Osmond. Come on. He was he was legit. Anyways, I saw, him, I saw him in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, yeah, we're just going back and forth trying to figure out who the butterfly is. Next, we'll we'll focus on uh, the Black Widow. What about the skeleton? Well, the skeleton was uh, Doctor Drew. Get out! Yeah, he had a cool costume. Yeah, now, really I listen good. for the record for our oh, listeners. Oh, you don't. I don't oh, watch. This oh, you stuff. don't watch. I don't watch. You uh, no, don't no, no, no. watch. It was then how on, is it that you know? It was on at Levita. It was on at Levita, you know? the cigar shop, mm. and I saw that mm. it was on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start with that nonsense, <laughs> masked singer. Yeah, what what have you been up to? You know, just kind of thinking about how Michelle Williams follows me on Instagram. Oh, is that is that it? <laughs> well, you that brought it up. I'm kind of distracted. <laughs> Makes me feel kind of special. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. she's my friend. Um, yeah, man. You know, it's been cool. Uh, you know, we we see at Redeemer. We introduced the budget to the congregation, so we let them see this breakdown of the of the proposed budget for the next year, and then we we give them a few weeks to look at that, give us feedback, input, you know, whatever, and then we vote on it. And that was fun. We had a members meeting, and we introduced the budget, give them a chance to see it. That was fun, and uh, and oh, I'm preaching. Uh, by the time this drops, this will be long over. But uh, no, that was Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer was the skeleton. Oh, I'm getting all confused. Continue. Wait, Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Paul Schaefer? You don't remember who Paul Schaefer is? He's definitely not the guy. Oh, from the David Letterman show. Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, it just, I can't believe I just like, I blanked so out he there. So got, he got wiped out quick because he can't sing. No, no, it? a couple, well, yeah, episode like two or something, three. But anyways, uh, yeah, anyways, yeah, Dr. Drew was in it. But who, anyway, what, was, who, what was Dr. Drew? I can't remember now. I, can't I like remember. Dr. Drew. Oh, yeah. gosh, that was killing me. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to preach at uh, our third church plant's uh, service this coming Sunday while we're recording this, and uh, and uh, Pastor Tom will be here. Our church planter will be here preaching at Redeemer. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Man, yeah, um, I wish I could be there. Well, you know, but I could listen online, so that'd be great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? Why are you and, being like that? And, listen, you're leaving right when Jen 
is going in for surgery. Yeah. Okay. And so she's, uh, cause she's got something wrong with her shoulder and you know, she's hulking out at the gym now and she has to make <laughs> sure that she can keep doing that. So she's going to be laid up for at least a week, hopefully yeah. just a week, possibly up to six, possibly six. I'm weeks convinced so. it's something rare and it's going to be eight. Oh my gosh. Don't say that. So yeah, you're <laughs> going to be gone. And, uh, and she's basically, so I'm really now glad I'm going to be gone. Cause you're not going to do anything. You're going to be at home the whole time. Stuck. Yeah. So stuck. why, why? Yeah. This is great. I, I, I but then you can come over and help me take care of her. What? No, uh, know, whatever. No, whatever. you don't listen. You're going to have to figure out how to cook. Do the laundry, all that kind of stuff. Well, last time we did the laundry, never mind. <laughs> yeah. First of all, what would be the I, I've, First of all, I've oh. never done the laundry. Second of all, if I did, I would know how to do it. But I have an 18-year-old in the house, and she will take care of a lot of that. So Ah, there you go. We good. Yep. So, and what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we are in the 1689. We're going to look at chapter 22 uh, on Sabbath and worship. And uh, we're going to look at the first two paragraphs today. But we're going to start, of course... With paragraph one. Perfect. The light of nature shows that there is a God who has lordship and sovereignty over all, is just, good, and does good to all, and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served with all the heart and of all the soul and with all the might. But the acceptable way of worshiping the true God is instituted by himself and so limited by his own revealed will that he may not be worshiped accordingly or according to the imagination devices of men, nor the suggestions of Satan under any visible representations or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scriptures. It's good. It's good. So it's uh, there's two basic uh, parts to this first paragraph, right? One is God has been revealed through general revelation, and the way that we worship him must be according to special revelation, right? So mm-hmm. general revelation, special revelation, now, it's interesting, right? Uh, the light of nature shows that there is a God. So we should be able to discern, right, based on yeah. what God has yeah. done in creation and in our consciences that he does exist, uh, that he is Lord and sovereign, that uh, that he is just and good and does good to all. And, you know, a lot of people would say, well, how are you supposed to know that God is good just based on uh, your understanding and experience of creation? And... I think in part it is because uh, we have a moral conscience, right? The law mm. of God is written on our hearts. We know that there is good and that there is evil, and we feel convicted or grieved when we do wrong, and we uh, know that there should be an orientation towards the yeah. things that are are good. If there is a concept of good, it must come from a good God. And if this God is you know, sovereign and and just and good. If we can know something about him, then uh, he is to be feared and loved and praised and called upon and trusted and served, uh, and not and not just superficially, right? Hmm. It's, it says you know with all the heart, soul, and 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 might. Yeah. So it's not just in in passing reference, right? So once we we recognize and see that there is a God, and we look at creation to see that there is a general revelation or general mm. knowledge of God, as Joe was talking about, good, just, um, then it 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 has to go deeper than that, right? We can't be at a superficial level, right? And oftentimes, I mean, not just non believers, but even those that profess Christ, mm. kind of start they start and they stop here, right? Yeah, just with it was just with the vague. Yeah, yeah I'm supposed to worship, and it's and we kind of, you know, if we feel worshipy, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. How am I feeling today? Is yeah. my worship on today? Yeah, wor- worship is is it's not that it doesn't involve your emotions or your affections. It doesn't mean that it, that feelings are completely removed from it, but 
most, I do think most Christians, I think a lot of us, let's just say it yeah. that way. I think a lot of us will have an ex, an emotional experience and we'll go put our finger on that and go, that was great worship. Mm. When uh, maybe, maybe it was, and that could have been a part of it, or maybe uh, there wasn't much worship going on. And in fact, there could have been false teaching going on mm-hmm. and like heresy in the in the song lyrics, but because that sweet guitar solo, that's how it might go, oh, okay. uh, made you feel the tingles. Yeah. You know, it, it, it gave you it gave you the feels. Yeah, we forget that that's not the normative, right? Mm-hmm. The, the normative is the day by day grind and learning to worship God in the midst of of the ordinary. So when we're talking about you know general revelation revealing God, uh, there's a number of places we can look at in Scripture, Psalm mm. 19. But one that we oftentimes go to, Jimmy, is uh, is Psalm. I mean, Romans chapter one. Yeah, Romans one uh, eighteen to twenty. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what could be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So really the point that, that you know, Paul's making there, right, is that God has revealed himself. He is He is made himself known, so anyone who rejects this God is without excuse, whether they've received the scripture or not. All are condemned because mm. all have rejected what God has made plain. But the things that are mentioned here, right, uh, in part are uh, his invisible attributes, yep. his eternal power, his divine nature. So we, there are certain things that we can know about God, at least we should be able to know, uh, though we may reject them, just based on what we see. Mm-hmm. And so while God can be known in a sense, or God can be understood to exist through general revelation, how to worship God isn't something that we can see in general revelation. No, it's only something that's known by scripture. Uh, the The confession continues, but the acceptable, acceptable way of worshiping the true God is instituted by himself and so limited by his own revealed will. And we see that, for example, in, in Deuteronomy 12, if we look at scripture mm-hmm. that says this, uh, everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take from it. And so mm-hmm. God himself institutes how we are to scripture. I mean, this is or how we are to worship. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. By, by the by scripture. scripture. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's basically, that's just sola scriptura, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. We are as Protestants, as, as, as Christians, uh, we believe that our authority in all of faith and in Christian life and worship then is determined by scripture. So what we're saying is that general revelation does not tell us how to worship. That's right. Yep. It only tells us that we must worship. Yeah. And yep. you, I mean, this is why there are so many variations of worship and so many misunderstandings of God, because there is something in creation that tells us there is a God to whom we are accountable and we must worship him. And so what we do is we try to figure things out and we like, maybe we, maybe we go about it through uh, the imagination or maybe we, we, mm. we create our own gods or we're trusting in tradition, but people are moved to worship. That's why most of the world is, is, is inherently religious in one way or another. Uh, there is uh, there is a drive to yeah. make some sort of a connection there. And um, this, but this makes us completely dependent on scripture. Right? Yeah. So otherwise it, it, if we, aren't dependent on what God has said, then we will not know properly what to do. And so this, this makes scripture like a, 
a critical issue when we're talking about worship and corporate worship yeah. in particular. A lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches uh, don't give as much attention to well, what does Scripture say about this, right? What 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 is the what is the bearing that the Bible should have on every single thing that we are doing? in the context of the church gathered together. And uh, the 1689 and all the Reformed confessions uh, push this really hard. And that's why mm. we have a number of paragraphs to explore on this topic. So you want to, uh, you want to know what to do, you're going to have to listen to Scripture. And I mean, one of the things that you should be doing mm. right now is heading on over to Media Gratia. Gratia. Gradier. Gradier. I can never pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the Latin. Yep. Uh, which is a small nonprofit ministry. You want to head on over there because they make some incredible documentaries mm-hmm. and multimedia Bible studies. And right now, we want to talk to you about their three-pack DVD set that contains the documentaries uh, Through the Eyes of Spurgeon. Good. Uh, American Gospel. We watched we that. We watched that together. We right? watched that office. together. And awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. And Logic on Fire. Let me just say, man, like, <laughs> they make really good documentaries. Mm. This is not listen. I, we like documentaries. Like we're documentary, documentary dudes. Yeah. Like we like, and so we we would be we wouldn't endorse this at all if they were making cheesy stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is high quality stuff. The um, through the eyes of Spurgeon, uh, co-directed by Stephen McCaskill. Uh, it, it's uh, it's really good, and uh, I've actually only seen about half of that, and then I got interrupted. I won't say by whom. So I got to finish that, but it was amazing. Logic on Fire documentary uh, by Media Gradier co-director Matthew Robinson uh, features uh, you know the doctors, a family, friends, and men like mm. John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, Paul Washer, and others who count uh, Martin Lloyd Jones as uh, one of their biggest influences. Then we watched what American yeah the gospel. American gospel that by Brandon Kimber exposing the so called prosperity gospel by comparing it to the true gospel mm-hmm. leaving the viewer to come to the obvious conclusion which is biblical yeah. that you want to be the the true true gospel three feature th- documentaries i mean i would imagine that'd be like a thousand dollars but i don't i don't i don't know how it works uh, in the real world but how much do you think milk costs milk uh 25 dollars or something i don't know it was milk 25 cents i'm kidding it's probably 25 cents Buy milk normally, normally, milk normally, you get, normally you get all three films for about seventy two dollars. That's pretty good. Seventy two is cheap. Yeah, but hold on. Yeah, now you can get it for just thirty six dollars. That's twelve dollars per film, Joe. Wow, that's actually really good. So head on over there, uh, themeansofgrace.org, or check out the show notes for a direct link. Okay, so we're, we're talking about how you know God has revealed Himself in creation, but He has revealed how He is to be worshipped in Scripture. And so the scripture is what is supposed to regulate our worship. And we read this in the confession. It says, and so uh, limited by his own revealed will, that his worship is revealed by his own revealed will, that he may not be worshiped according to the imagination and devices of men, nor the suggestions of Satan under any visible representations or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scriptures. So there's a, there's a few things here. Oh, one is is is, uh, is very much needed, right? We are not to be worshipped according to the imagination and devices of men. That that's that's a good word because mm. we are creative, imaginative people, and those yeah. are good things. They're not yeah. bad things. Yeah, they're qualities given to us by our Creator. Yeah, he is creative, yep. right? I mean, like look at what he has done. But worship is not something that we are supposed to do or allowed to do according to our own whims and fancies, mm-hmm. nor the suggestions of Satan. And I feel like that one's kind of obvious. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, if you're going to worship Jimmy, 
maybe maybe don't listen to what the devil has to say. Really? Oh, that's a, <laughs> thank you, sixteen eighty nine. You know, Satan's gonna suggest some things sometimes. You know, from time to time, he's gonna say some stuff, and uh, you know, maybe maybe don't do those. Maybe things. don't don't do, don't do those. Or someone should have told Eve that. Yeah, Adam blew it. Adam blew it. Uh, or under. Any visible representations or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scripture. So, uh, no visible representations. Uh, so, this is really, we're getting at uh, Exodus 24 through 6, right, Jimmy? Yeah, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, so there we have the the second commandment, right? And and there we're, we're specifically told, uh, you are not to worship the Lord with uh, visual images. You're not supposed to create images of him and bow down to yep. them, you know, to worship them. Of course, right after this was given. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, they... They, Israel did that thing. Yeah, the, the the thing that he said not to do. Yeah, the suggestion of Satan. They, they were like, hey, that's a good idea, Satan. <laughs> like, I'll do that thing. Yeah, let's do this golden calf. Yeah, maybe we do need to hear that. So, um, okay, so the imagination, the imagination and devices of men can create all kinds of, of issues for us. Um, and, and it's harder to argue against them if they seem reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the visible representations... Well, most of us are going to like, well, we're not going to create idols and bow down to them. But a, a lot of people will depict God. I mean, uh, you know, Sistine Chapel has a picture of God yeah. the Father, right? With his, uh, with his man pecs and, and, and muscles. And, He's swole. You know, yeah, he is, he is swole. <laughs> Um, and then even in corporate worship, I know like some churches will have, you know, uh, visual representations of Jesus up on the mm-hmm. screen or whatever, and, and it's a, it becomes a part of worship. And that does seem to be very clearly uh, rejected here. Um, but it, then it says this, this, sort of this catch-all term, that we are not to worship in any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scripture. So really what we're talking about here is the regulative principle. Now, we've talked about this before because Reformed yeah. people have to talk about it quite a bit because worship is talked about quite a bit. And the regulative principle, Jimmy, how would you summarize that for somebody? That uh, we only uh, worship in ways that are prescribed in Scripture. Yep. It, the Scripture Regulates, <laughs> regulators, <laughs> mount up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. If 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 the scripture is uh, truly our authority in mm-hmm. faith and practice, then the scripture must govern what we do in worship. And so, you know, that's when we're talking about the uh, the elements of worship, right? Those those uh, those essential aspects of what we do when we gather together. And uh, the scripture regulates that. And so the regulative principle says we're not allowed to add as uh, as an essential element anything that is not prescribed in scripture. You have to stick to what the Bible says. Yeah. yeah. So then how is that different from uh, the normative principle? Well, the normative principle um, would say that uh, you are allowed to introduce other elements into corporate worship so long as they don't violate what scripture 
uh, does say, so long as they're not in contradiction mm. to what Scripture says. And so, and this can be, you know, some churches that operate on the normative principle don't look a whole lot different from churches that do operate along a, a version of the regulative principle, but it allows for such a variation that, you know, people will include drama, you know, skits, interpretive dance, uh, you specials, know, spe- <laughs> all kinds of stuff that, um, that, are not prescribed. And so, you know, you, on the one hand, you need to make a, dif- a distinction between, you know, the, the elements of worship, uh, those, those essential things that make worship what it is. And then those, 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 those accidents, right? Those, and I don't mean that like mistakes. Yeah, they, they were an accident. Yeah, there, are, there are lots of, accidents. but I mean, like you know, there are there are those other things uh, in scripture. I mean, in in worship that uh, are helping us accommodate our people to mm-hmm. actually carry out yep. those elements. And so, you know, it's like, well, we're supposed to sing, right? That's something that the scripture calls us to do. So, do you use a hymnal or do you use a projector? Uh, well, that's those. That's one of the accidents, right? It's like, yeah. well, you can use that or, or not use that. It's really not, uh, it's really not that important. You need to be wise about it. You need to figure out like what's going to be best and what's going to help us to, you know, carry this out in faith. But, um, but we have, we obviously have a lot of freedom in our worship to, to yeah. do the things that we are prescribed to do in a way that honors the Lord. So there's freedom in how we pull that off culturally. But in terms of essential elements, we don't introduce foreign strange fire into our worship. <laughs> the regulative principle is the reformed position. Normative principle, you find that in Lutheran and other contexts. Um, the bottom line here is that we cannot worship God formally in whatever way that yeah. we want to. Yep. But what about, what about people, Jimmy, that would say, well, wait a minute. If we're not allowed to worship God, you know, with our imaginations, if we're not allowed to worship God according to our own, uh, devices, then like, what about worshiping God? I feel like I'm worshiping God when I mow the lawn and I got some quiet time to myself. Or what about when I'm, you know, rock climbing? I feel like I'm in touch with the Lord there. I mean, aren't we supposed to worship God with all of life? I mean, aren't we supposed to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice mm-hmm. and that that's our way of worshiping the Lord? Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that like we do worship God in all of our lives, but in corporate worship, we do so as God's people, and that has certain prescriptions, mm. right? That has certain standards and, and I guess, rules and regulations, right? Yeah, so we're not – I mean, this is not about like – the emphasis here is not like restricting you from worshiping God, uh, you know, spiritually as you're going about your day. Mm-hmm. And like So, yes, you should be worshiping God, ascribing worth to him and enjoying him and honoring him and obeying him in everything that you do. So, yeah, if you like rock climbing – or uh, jujitsu, or like Spurgeon, a cigar. Mm. If you like those things, then yeah, you can actually worship the Lord uh, by doing that. But what we're talking about here, like you said, Jimmy, uh, is corporate worship. That's really what we're talking about. So, oh, good. I was going to talk about like who do we worship then, right? Like this thing mm. we've been talking about. Yeah, uh, we've been talking about worship and how to worship. Well, then, whom do we worship? Yeah, that's the second paragraph, right? And this is this sort of this begins to orient us in a very specific direction, right? In paragraph two, it says religious worship is to be given to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to Him alone, not to angels, saints, or any other creatures. And since the fall, not without a mediator, nor in the mediation of any other but Christ alone. And so, I mean, bottom line here is worship, like you are only to worship God. We are only made to worship God. We are not to be worshiping 
any other uh, any other thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, what it says here, right, is religious worship is to be given to God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, not to Him, I mean, to Him alone, and not to angels, saints, or any other creatures. Obviously, here uh, we're referring to various cults. Uh, we're referring to yep. Roman Catholicism, yep. uh, where it looks to us as Protestants that they are, in fact, bowing down to beings that are not God. And so and we've got some various scripture passages that speak to this. Yeah, Matthew 4, 9 through 10. Uh, and he said to him, all these I give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Not today, Satan. Not today. Get behind <laughs> me. And so, yeah, I mean, as we talk about not to Satan or to, to angels, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossians 2.18, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. Yeah. The worship of angels. I mean, like that's that's been a thing for a long time. And it makes sense, right, to a lot of people because yeah. angels are awesome. Yeah. And uh, they're but, these yeah. heavenly beings that shine bright and, you know. They, like a diamond. Ooh. And they have, uh, you know, sometimes they have swords, they got wings flying around. And Red Bull will give you wings. Uh, now, it uh, might be a little different. Okay. So, the the point here, right, is that we we worship God alone, and we, I think we know that as Christians, right? We we are only to worship the Lord, but we wind up worshiping other things because worship. What worship is is ascribing ultimate worth to yep. something. It means that you bow to it, you serve it, you you live for it, you sacrifice yep. to it. And so if you begin to understand, well, what is happening when we worship, you can see how, wow, your career can become an idol or a false god that you worship, or your partner, your wife, or your husband can become that, your kids can become that, uh, money, sex, power, I mean, almost- Your position, your church. Yeah, anything, your yep. ministry, like all the things that are, even many of the things that are good. Yeah. And in fact, it's it's more likely that good things will become your yeah. will become your idol. Yeah, especially as a Christian, because like, oh, these are good things, a good gift from God, and then we exalt the gift above the giver. And yep. So that's what we're pushing on here. And understanding this, that we are only to worship God, uh, orients us to go, okay, well, if I'm worshiping him, that means that I need to please him. Therefore, I need to do this in a way that he commands that he enjoys, right? Yeah, and so part of this uh, worshiping of God is that we worship through Jesus Christ as our only mediator, mm-hmm. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So mm-hmm. we, we we only worship through him, we we praise him, we adore him, we glorify him because uh, he is the one that has, he is the one that saves us, he yeah. fits us for worship and he perfects our worship. Yeah, I mean... It's it's important for me to keep that in mind as I as I walk in to worship on Sunday morning, right? It is uh, like we're not just doing our thing. It's it, it, it's not like oh we're gonna do this and 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 God is just gonna take it. Like yeah. we without a mediator, our worship is completely unacceptable. Our worship is is clumsy. You know, Mm. it is imperfect. It is, uh, I mean, think about your worship services wherever you guys are at. And, uh, and maybe you're at a church where everything is done excellently. I mean, it's just done so flawlessly. You just, you've got the, the, the crew and the skills and all that stuff. And, and I've been to churches like that where everything seems seamless and flawless. And the, and I think, you know, the, 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 and that's not wrong. 
the danger that comes with that, though, is that uh, it, we might be tempted to think God digs this because of how good we're doing mm. it. Now, in, in like a regular kind of a church, like what we got, where uh, you know mistakes are made, yeah, like yeah. we are like I will stumble over my words uh, or say something weird, and uh, no, or, not you, or like uh, like this past Sunday. You know, one of one of the important elements of worship for us is the offering, and uh, why? <laughs> what we normally do? Why? What we do with offering? Everything's very organized. It's why? Really liturgized. And so, uh, what happens is we have a key host that's kind of running things from the back, uh, and the key host picks out four ushers to make sure that we have our offering covered. So the the key host picks four people and says, we need you to do offering today. And so then our reader gets up and begins to do the, 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 the service part of, or the liturgical part of mm. the offering, right? Mm. And so they get up there and they say, well, the ushers, please come forward. Yeah. And as the ushers are coming forward, they begin to talk about uh, worshiping through giving and what the scripture says and this whole thing. So the, the, uh, the ushers come to the front. Well, Jimmy was tagged by uh, Rob Warford. Mm. Uh, as, the head of the key host. Yeah, he's the head of the key host. He says, I need you to be one of the guys. So Jimmy gets up and he walks all the way to the front of the church. And once he gets all the way to the front of the church, he realizes that there are already four people up there. <laughs> so he yeah, thanks. To, thanks. He had to turn around and sheepishly, with his head hung low, yeah. hiding behind his long hair, walk Do the all walk the of way. Shame. The, that's the Baptist walk of shame all the way back. <laughs> We, we we mess up, right? Or like that same nah, day. That wasn't me. I didn't mess up. No, no, no. no, no but Rob no. messed Rob up. Rob messed up. I was faithful. But you had to experience I, it. I received, yeah, oh the shame gosh, of it. Oh, my gosh. And like, or, uh, you know, John was leading on worship on Sunday, and the dude is super gifted, yep. really. I Very mean, just, gifted. And his guitar strap unbuckled on him while he was reading scripture and it fell and hit the floor. Boom. Mm. And uh, and he didn't miss a beat. He, he's that much of a baller. He just kept on reading, picked it up without looking, strapped it together and then boom. I mean, mm. he's just really good. Point is, is like a lot of us can see our worship is not perfect. Like we have these these things that uh, that show that that we make mistakes, mm-hmm. that uh, that we sometimes you know flub things, and sometimes we there, there are even like bad mistakes that are made. Like you know yeah. where there might be uh, we're doing something that wouldn't honor the Lord, uh, and so like you said, Jimmy, He saves us, he, he He perfects our worship, and apart from Christ, our worship is unacceptable. It's it's not going to please God. And so even if your worship seems perfect mm. uh, on the outside, it's still not done in in a perfect way that God would accept apart from Jesus because our sin still taints it all. So then should non-Christians avoid coming to our worship services? Yeah, that's why we don't let non-Christians in. Because they. Yeah, I mean, if God you know, does not accept the worship... Because apart from Christ, our worship is unacceptable. Yeah. Should we then deter non-believers from coming? Yeah, I've heard... I, I've actually heard this. I've heard this from... Some people where like, wow, you're 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 confusing them. If you're inviting them to sing these worship songs where uh where we are, you know, I will praise you all of my days, Lord. I will praise you always, my God and King. Well then aren't they lying? Aren't you just encouraging them to sin by saying these things that aren't true? And so I think it's a fair question to ask, but uh, according to scripture, like we will have non-Christians with us in the, in, in these assemblies yep, yep. and, uh, and they will benefit from the proclamation, from the prophecy yep. in scripture. They will benefit from the, the ministry of the word. And I don't think it's wrong to have them 
in our corporate worship. I don't think it's inappropriate. In fact, I think it is good because there they will see and hear uh, who God is and see his people. And yes, they're going to be singing these songs, but I think uh, they they tend to know what they do and don't believe. And if your church is doing it right, they shouldn't be confused about whether or not they are a believer. And I can tell you this, there is a large church, very large church in the Chicagoland area. Um, I won't tell you which one it is, but it's named after a tree in a body of water. And, <laughs> and it, uh, and I've met, <laughs> that could be a lot of them actually. It could be a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it rhymes with pillow steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, he's a good rapper. Mm. So, uh, but I know there's a bunch of great Christians that go there, but I've met a ton of people that go there and by ton, I mean maybe 10. So uh, let's say I met 10 people that, that go there uh, frequently and uh, they they think that they are okay with God. They think that they are believers. But when I talk to them and I ask them, I mean, they clearly do not know the gospel at all and they don't live for the Lord at all. They're, these, these are clearly non-Christian people that enjoy going to church. So I think you can do it wrong, but I also think that we should uh, invite unbelievers into our worship. Mm. But I think what's important though, Joe, is that when we're talking about this, we're saying that we, we're not going to change the essence of our worship right. for them, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, well, I mean, and that's what I, I think I see happening in some of these other churches. Yeah. Is like, well, we want to bring them in. We want them to hear, but in order to get them in, they bend, twist, change, you know, make too many adaptations. Try to make it not offensive by any means, you know? Yeah. And I, I get it. I, I appreciate the heart. Like, we want to get them in here. We want them to understand. But uh, listen, there's going to be some things that are esoteric and weird when non-Christians come yes. into our worship. I used to, the first time I went to church, I was like 17 and it was weird, man. It was just a weird thing. The guy talking, like I could get behind that. Like a guy have some, have some good to say. I'll listen to that. Um, but like uh, the, the singing was, was, was weird to me. I didn't find it off putting, but it was weird. Mm. Uh, the, the praying weird reading of scripture. Uh, the, the, the most off-putting thing was the passing of the peace. <laughs> Turn around and greet your neighbor. Maybe one of the most spiritually abusive things a church could do to somebody. <laughs> At least, you know, for an introvert. That's 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 my thoughts. So yeah, man, I think um I I, I think you're right. I think we gotta be careful to do what God prescribes. That's what this whole chapter is about. That's what we're getting into. And we're just tipping our toes into it today. Um, or dipping. We don't tip your. I guess you could tip your toes into something, but no, you dipping dip. is no, you the dip. reference. That's the right way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you dip and dip and dip and dip. Yeah, goodness, <laughs> I can't believe you had me. <laughs> I gotcha. As soon as you said it, I was like, the song's in my head now. Well, well what, we'd love we to do? hear your thoughts. Mm, everyone. Yeah. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, drfoshi.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Later. Later.